Okay, today we will talk about the kior, the wash basin in the Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash. Now, copper, <coughs> copper and the kior is interestingly, it's in this week's parsha, parsha's Kisisa, and it's really by itself because all of the Beis Hamikdash and all of the details and all of the kalim were all discussed in the previous parshas, primarily in parsha's Truma, a little bit in parsha's Tetzaveh. And this Parsha Kisisa talks primarily about other things altogether, about the Shemana Mishcha and about the Ketiris, and then later you have the Chetaigel. But there's one Kali that is separate from all the others, and that's discussed in this week's Parsha. And that's the Pasha we have here on top of the page. And Paraklamid Pasha Yudchas Vasisa Kir Nechoshes to make for yourself that copper wash basin, Vikano Nechoshes, and it's a base, should also be of copper. The Rachatz, and this is for washing purposes. Vinasata also bin oil moid ubina misbeach, vinasata shama moim. And you put it between the ohel moid and between the outer misbeach, and you put their water. What's interesting about this um, vessel is A, as I pointed out, it's written separately than all the other vessels. But in addition to it written separately, it's also its positioning in the Besam Mikdash is very different than all the others. Because most of the Kalim are the in the inner ohel moid. Right. In the inner Ohel Moed, you have the... Oh, in the Holy of Holies, you have the Ark, you have the Aram. And then in what's called the Kodesh, you have the Mizbeach HaZahav, and you have the Shulchan and Menorah. Now, when you come out to the outer sanctuary, so right facing the door is the big Mizbeach. So that's called Pesach Ohel Moed. It's not inside the Ohel Moed, but it's by the door of the Ohel Moed. The Kir is on the side. The Kir is like not part of the general picture. In fact, halakhically, it's interesting, that was important because the first thing the Kohen did was he came and he washed his hands from the Kiyor. So he wasn't yet purified. So the Kohen was not allowed to go anywhere else. The Kohen could not go into the Ohelmoid before he washed his hand in the Kiyor. What did they use to wash hands? Did they use a cup of some sort? Was no, I don't think so. It was from the spigot. From, from the spigot itself. They spigot. Yes, they did. They did. Correct, correct. And where are the yeah, and yeah, Yadayim Vraglehem, right. It was not an easy job. You know, be a Kayan like myself, you got to be very athletic like myself. Was it regular water or was it like some kind of like mikvah water? Just regular water? Well, it was regular water, it was regular water, but there was a whole system how the water it was connected with the underground, and there was a whole system in order there shouldn't become a puzzle because it just stayed overnight in the Kaylee. But was it collected rainwater or was it like from a well? It was connected to a well. It was, a well. It was connected to a well, yeah. Um, but as I'm saying, so it's hard to picture it, but the, the, if you have, uh, if you're listening to the recording, you don't know what I'm talking about, but if you're looking at this paper, if here is the Kodesh, and here you have the uh, Mizbeach and the Aron, I'm sorry, the Mizbeach and the Menorah and the Shulchan, then you go out of the door, big doors, and right there you have the big Mizbeach. The coin would not allow to walk between the Mizbeach and the Oil Moed without washing first his hands. So there were the Kiro was on the side where it wasn't part of the official Kedusha. So you can go there, wash your hands, and now you're able to go in. So my po- the point I'm making is that the Kiyor is written separately and also stands separately in the Beis HaMikdash and in the Mishkan from the other Kalim. Now Rashi says that here in the second paragraph, that the, the uh, Kiyor is between the Mizbeach and the Ohel Moed. We're talking about the outer Mizbeach, concerning which it says that it faces the door of the Ohel Moed. It was a little bit pulled over to the side. 
Ve'omid kineged avir shabina mizbeach v'amishkan. Was facing like the ear, the empty ear space between the mizbeach and the mishkan. Ve'enom mafsiklal b'neim, but it didn't separate between them. Shenema Rashi bases that on psukim, and this comes from the Gemara in Mesechta Zvachim. So. So here we have, again, the here is distinctly different than all the other Kalim. It's in a different parsha. It stands in a different place. Um, and what's the reason for that? Why is the here so distinctively different than all the other Kalim? And the answer is quite simple. And the Mepharshim, a number of Mepharshim point this out. And say so there's a difference between the here and everything else. And that is everything else is there for the actual Avodah. The here is really only a preparation for the Avodah. Right? The, the, when the Kohen washes his hands, he's preparing to go ahead and do the avoda. But the actual avoda is with the outer mizbeach, with the inner mizbeach, with the menorah, with the shulchan. Um, and therefore the kior, on the one hand, from that perspective, is on a lesser level of kedusha than the other vessels because it's only the prompter. It's, it's the one that brings us to be able to do the avoda. It's, the coin is it's called mikadesh yodav raglav. He's sanctifying his hands, his feet, and, and readying himself or preparing himself to do the avoda. So in that way, the kior is somewhat on a lesser status than the other clay amikdash. And according to the mefarshim, that's why it's written separately in a parsha by itself, a parsha later from the rest. At the same time, everything always has the two perspectives. The, 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 um, the avoda that prepares for the avoda has to have a tremendous kedusha to it. In order to have the power, whenever you have to prepare for something, you have to empower yourself to do something, one has to be greatly empowered. It's like chinuch, right? Chinuch, which is education for a child. On the one hand, it's only chinuch, right? Because the child is not chayiv in mitzvahs yet, and he's not a bar mitzvah. So on the one hand, it's not that important, it's only chinuch. On the other hand, we're told, it's tremendously important because this gives the foundation for what the child is going to do the rest of their life. And therefore, there has to be a tremendous koach, a tremendous kedusha, a tremendous effort and emphasis put that it should be done correctly. And in the same way, the kiyor. On the one hand, it's not part of the avoda yet. On the other hand, this gives the kohen the kedusha, the necessary kedusha, the necessary koach, in order to go ahead and do the avoda. In fact, if a kohen would do the avoda without doing the kiyor before, then the avodah is puzzle, the kohen is chayav misa, I mean, it's, it's terrible. So the kiyor gives, empowers the kohen to do the avodah, which explains another very interesting thing, very fascinating thing that we'll see here. Um, and this is a pasuk from Parshas Pikude, um, which is in two parshas down, the last one on the Chumash. The year was talking about when they actually set it all up. Right? We know when it comes to the Mishkan, first the Torah tells us how to do it, and then uh, Moshe tells B'tzalel, and then they finally set it all up. When did they set up the actual Mishkan? It was the last week of Adar, right? Because for seven days they put it up and took it down, put it up and took it down for seven days. Then Rosh Chodesh Nisan is when the Mishkan was finally consecrated, right? So it says there the Pasuk, and again, Parshas Pekudik, chapter 40. How, how do you only took a week? The Pesukim tell us. Oh, it, was, it was a week, it was called the Shivas Yimei HaMiluim, um, where the, every, day they, um, every day they set it up and put it down, set it up and did the Avodah. And then on Rosh Chodesh Nisan is when it stood and, stu- and stood um, permanently. permanently. Well, as permanent as well, the Mishkan in the, well, in the Midbar stood, but in a more permanent way. So there, when they were setting it up, it says, Vayasem Asakir, that he, um, most likely Moshe, puts the kiyor ben oil mo'ed ben amazbech vayitin shama mayim lerochatza. He put water into the kiyor for them to wash their hands. Who were the first ones who washed their hands in the kiyor on that day when they were preparing? Verachatzu mimenu Moshe v'aharon ubanov. 
Moshe and Aaron and his sons. What's Moshe doing here? Right? Moshe is not a... Ah, so the answer is that in those days, the Shiva Simeha in those days that they were uh, consecrating the Mishkan, he acted. So him, Aaron, Uban of Aaron's sons, these two sons here primarily are Elazar and Isamar, Esyedeim, Esarglaim, their hands and their feet. That's what the Pasuk says. But here we have a fascinating Gemara in Mesech Tezvachim. That says, says a fascinating halacha. He says every kiyor in history, whenever you have a base of mikdash, you're always going to have a kiyor. How much water does the kiyor must contain at a beer minimum? Uh, there's no maximum. It can contain as much water as you want. Um, and in fact, I don't know if anyone here has been to the Machon HaMikdash in the old city of Yerushalayim. Yeah. There is a group of people called Machon HaMikdash and they build kalim that are with the right measurements the right size and everything for the Beis HaMikdash. Their shita is, based on certain peskim, that perhaps those are the kalim that will be used in the third Beis HaMikdash. Now that might or might not be the case, but that is what they're trying to do. And they're, they do it with the right measurements. And they have a perfect here. I was there this summer. I mean, it's magnificent. With all the spigots, with all the things, it's perfect. And that carries a tremendous amount of water. It's very big. But what is Where the... Where do they uh, get rid of the water from? I'm sorry? Where do they get rid of the water? When? When it's filled up. You know. Does it does it drain out of there? Or they take well, the are washing their hands. They're no. washing their feet yeah, all the time. So when they washing their hands, oh, oh, it weird. Does it drain that, out? I'm going to assume drainage. Uh, the, the Mishkan definitely had drainage. Mishkan definitely had drainage. No, um, I mean there was a hole in the gear for it to go out. Too heavy, right. I think, to bring up to pick up. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Over, these are these are all built with very very great detail, and I'm sure there was that there. Although I don't know the, the actual answer. Be that as it may. So the Gemara says in Zvachim. That there's a din, a halacha, how much water does there have to be in a kiyor, at least Minimum. enough to wash four kohanim. The hands and feet of four kohanim. Why? Because the Pasik says that on the day that they were preparing the Mishkan, Moshe and Aaron and his two sons did it. And that is the Chiddush of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina. If Moshe, Aaron and two sons did it, so every kiyor always has to do it. Now, here comes a very interesting thing. Mepharshim asked a question, but why? Moshe was a one-time deal. Moshe Rabbeinu did it the first time before they, um, you know, uh, inaugurated the first Mishkan. But after that, he's gone. So it was a one-time deal that Moshe Aaron Ushnei Banav, Bnei Aaron, four people did it. Why did that? Why does that turn into a halacha for the kiyor of all time? And more interestingly, there's no other keli or avoda the Beis that carries a memory for Moshe Rabbeinu's initial avoda. Right? Again, Moshe Rabbeinu were served in the Mishkan for seven days when this Mishkan was being consecrated. But that's it. Never again in history, never in the Mishkan, never in the Mishkan of Shiloh. First place of Mekdash, second place of Mekdash, third place of Mekdash. It's going to be Kohen. Moshe wasn't a Kohen. So, so it was a one-time thing. And yet, we have this halacha for all time that every kiyor that's ever going to be has to have at least for four for Moshe, Aaron, and his two sons. What's the idea? So I want to share, and I'm sure there's got to be different answers to this question, but from a farshim, I want to share one idea that I saw from the Rebbe on this. He said the following. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu necessary in those first seven inaugural days? Because as we said, when you start something off, 
you want to start it off with the greatest koach possible. When you educate a child, you're educating for his whole life. You want to put all your effort, you want to do it right. Whenever you begin, you want to start with the greatest koach. Who is the greatest koach we have in the Jewish people? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. So if the Mishkan's got to be set up, you start with Moshe Rabbeinu. In a small sense, it's the cure that's the setup for the Avodah always. Just like those seven days before they built the Mishkan was the inauguration for the Mishkan of all time. So you needed the Koach of Moshe. Every time a Kohen washes his hands from the Kior, that's the inauguration for his Avodah. As we said before, the Kior is not part of the Avodah, it's the inauguration for Avodah. It allows for Avodah, it gives us the Kedusha. So we always want to remember Moshe Rabbeinu over there. Moshe Rabbeinu gives us the Koach. Moshe is the first teacher of Klal Yisrael, the ultimate teacher of Klal Yisrael. He was important when they were setting up the seven days of the Mishkan, and he is re- important to be remembered in every Kior throughout history. He gives us the Koach to begin our Avodah in the Mishkan. Now, we'll take that one step further. This idea of the Kior being the Aschala of Avodah, the beginning of the Avodah of the day, has a very fascinating halachic implication to us today, which is, we wake up in the morning, we wash our hands in Tilas Yadayim, and we make a bracha. Every morning, Al Natilas Yadayim. Why? Why do we make the bracha Al Natilas Yadayim in the morning? Like when we eat bread, so there's a mitzvah to make a bracha, we make Al Natilas Yadayim for bread. But what's with the Al Natilas Yadayim that we make by brachas in the morning? Right? Some people make it right by their bed or when they come to shul or whatever, but everyone makes it Al Natilas Yadayim. What's behind that bracha? And there's a big halachic discussion of what's behind the Al-Natilas Yadayim Bracha. The, the um, a simplistic answer, which some Rishonim say, is it's because it's before davening, before Shacharis, so the mitzvah to wash your hands before Shacharis. The problem with that is if that's the case, then we should also make Al-Natilas Yadayim before Mincha, like just by Shacharis. So according to some early halachic opinions, you would have to do that too. You wash your hands before Mincha, make Al-Natilas Yadayim. But we don't do that. We only make Alam Tilsinayim once in the morning and that's it. Unless we eat bread, we'll do it again. What's behind that Alam Tilsinayim? So the Beis Yosef, Beis Yosef is Rabbi Yosef Cairo who authored the Shulchan Aruch. But before he authored the Shulchan Aruch, he wrote his book called the Beis Yosef, which was, an ex- which was a commentary to the Tur, right? which is the first book of Halacha that's set up in that system of Orachayim Choshen Mishpat. So the Beis Yosef de- deals with this and he brings the answer from the Rashba. The Rashba is Rabbi Shlomo ben Aderet, one of the great Rishonim of some, I'm going to say 800 years ago or so, 900 years ago. And he says that the reason we make Al-Til Sidaim every morning when we wash our hands is because we're doing the same thing as the Kohen walking uh-huh. into the Beis Amikdash before the Avodah of the day. Just like the Kohen has that key, or before he starts the Avodah of the day, you wash my hands, I'm here to serve Hashem. That's what we say every morning. When we wake up, we wash our hands and say, Hashem, I'm here to serve you today like a coin in the base of Mikdash. And that's what the Rashba says. I want to read it with you because it's so beautiful. And that's the next, uh, after that uh, symbol, the base Yosef, Orachayim Simadal, right in the fourth Simon of Shulchan Aruch. He says, B'tshuvah Rashba, in Chilak Aleph, whatever, Kasuf Shenishal, the Rashba was asked, Lama tiknu birkas al-natilas yadayim b'shachras? Why do we do this? Why do we make al-natilas yadayim when we wake up? V'heishiv, and he says, it's a lengthy piece. I, I took some pieces. Ivra says, that's the truth. This is the meaning everywhere. That we make a bracha of Al-Tilasidayim. To do a proper washing. Just like when we're eating food, bread. 
The Rashba, this is the Rashba talking, one of the greatest Rishonim, he said, I didn't find anywhere any clear reason for this. Why really does a person have to wash his hand of Shachris? The Rashba says, I looked, I didn't find the answer to the question. Now, but he says, but it's true. Now, if you ask, why take it? We do it for Shachris, not for Mincha, not for Mairif. Yes, we can say, Every morning when we wake up, we're like a new person. As the Pasuk says in Eicha, that every morning we're like new, every boker, every morning we're a new people, and Hashem creates us with, with faith in us, and we have our faith in Hashem. So therefore, we have to thank Hashem, that He created us for His glory, to serve Him, to bless His name. And for this, they, they instituted in the morning, every, all those brachas we say in the morning, thanking Hashem for giving us back our, our life and our chayis and our clothing and our ear hearing and seeing. Therefore, we have to sanctify ourselves every morning. To wash our hands from a vessel. Just like the Kohen who sanctifies his hands from the Kior, Kodem Avodaso before his Avoda Adkan Lashono. This is the wording of the great Rashba. And the Rabbi Yosef Kairu quotes that as this the source in Allah for our daily Nitilasidaim in the morning. This is also the opinion of David Avudraham, another of the Rishonim, who that in the morning we should make sure to wash our hands. Um, that a person, from the power of a person, because we shouldn't just like stick our hand into a flowing water, but we should actually take a keli and pour, just like the koi, you know, actually took, you know, uh, opened up and poured the water on his hands. Is it preferable to do it at home before you get to show? So there is different customs about it. Um, our custom, I'll tell you, is to wash what we call negalvasar by the bed, but we don't make the bracha then. Because you know, not you know, dressed yet or whatever, whatever. So just wash right before you do anything. Wash your hands by the bed, and then go to go to the sink and wash hands and make the brachas. Some people will do the second one when they come to shul. Um, personally, and a custom where I am is to do it at home. I say I wash hands and say the brachas at home. But many people say brachas in shul. So there's so different. The Kohanim, when they were going to wash their hands at the. Kior. Kior to, to, to start doing the daily plan and the daily activities. Now they've already been up uh, at their home and for everything. Good point. Would they have wa- washed their hands? Excellent at home question. Or, and, and would they make a bracha, you know? If that's an excellent question. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question. It's a very good one. Um, you know what? That's my, that'll be my homework. If I have an answer, I'll let you know. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll sneak in a quick Negelvasser story about the idea of washing hands. Um, the, the way we do it is we put a, 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 near our bed a, a couple of basin of water and wash hands. So I knew a man. His name was Reb Chaim Gleitman. And he was a Holocaust survivor and he davened in the shul of my grandfather who was also a Holocaust survivor in New York. And he would always say he lived to be close to 100 years old. He passed away a couple of years ago. But he would say that, that the concept of Negelwasser saved his life literally. And the reason is he said because um, he was in the ghetto and I don't remember what was Krakow or Warsaw whatever it was and the Nazis came to the home and his sons answered the door and they said Chaim we're here for Chaim Gleitman and everyone knew they're here for you you're not coming back and um, the sons started pleading they say he's so sick he, can, he can't, can't take him he's sick 
They said, no sick, what's sick, whatever. And bring it to this room. And he was laying in bed. He, he, was, he was laying down. And they bring it to the room. And he's thinking quickly. And he starts coughing and coughing. And the kids say, look, he has tuberculosis. So he'll, he'll catch everyone sick. They look at tuberculosis. They're laughing at him. And they walk into the room. And he's coughing, coughing. And he has Negalas near his bed. And he, as he's coughing, he takes the thing of water and starts drinking from it. And the kids say, look, he, even, he can't go even a minute without drinking the water. They looked one or the other. Okay, we'll come back for him. And they left. And they never came back for him. And he lived to tell the story. I heard the story from him more than once. He would always say that keeping the water near my bed for Nagelwasser actually saved my life in that moment. That's what he said. Did, 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 I, uh, did I miss the answer of why, we're, why, why are we washing by Mincha? Because the idea is that it's not about the davening. It's about the opening of our serving Hashem throughout the day. So is this similar to why we only make one bracha on Birchus Torah and it covers the whole day? Similar, right, right. It's for the Torah of the day. So here this is for serving Hashem for the day. Okay. Just like just like the Kohen didn't, once he was in the Beis Amikdash, didn't wash his hands for different things he was going to do there. If a Kohen stuck around and did another carbon, another carbon, he washed when he came in. He right. kept washing when he came in and that covered him for the Avodah of the day. So the Rashba is saying that this washing that we wash in the morning covers us for the Avodah of the day. Same idea, same idea, same idea. Every time you learn and break and learn, you don't keep saying Birchus. Right, exactly, exactly. And even though each one of these is halachic um, questions and debates, but that's the fact, halachically. One more special thing about the cure that's quite known, but we can't talk about the cure and not say that, is that Moshe had an issue with it, right? And that goes to another um, Pasuk, and that's in Parshas Vayakhe. Really what I'm, I'm, t- I'm doing with you tonight, we're going through a few parshas, because we started with our parsha, which is Kisisa. Then we talked about parshas um, Pikude, when, the day when Moshe Rabbeinu was inaugurating. But in parshas Vayakil, we have another pasuk, and that's in the final section here. Vayasas akir nechoshes, Moshe makes the kir out of copper. Veskano nechoshes, and the base is made out of copper. Bimaros hatsovos, asher tsovu pesach ohel moed. And this was the mirrors that were brought by the women who right. came to the ohel moed. And we have this fascinating medrash, and Rashi says it in Chumash, that the kir, the kir was the kir was made out of copper, but it was mirrors primarily. And the women brought their mirrors. Now mirrors, as we know, is very precious to women especially. And they wanted to bring everything, and they brought their mirrors. Moshe Rabbeinu takes one look and says, I'm not interested. What are mirrors for? You know, self-beautification, and taiva, desire, like, I don't want that in the Mishkan. And this was Moshe Rabbeinu talking, and Hashem says, overruled, <laughs> right? And that's what, let's read the Rashi. The Maros had service. Benos Yisrael, Hoyvi, other Maros, women had the mirrors, Sheroz, Behen, Kishen, Miskastros, that they would use when they were beautifying themselves. Vaaf Osan, Lo Ikfum, Mishkan. They did not hold that back either. The women, as we know, were more inspired about the Mishkan than the men. And they gave everything, so they brought their mirrors. But Moshe was disgusted by the concept of mirrors. Moshe Rabbeinu is the man of the ultimate side, the ultimate spirituality. What was his mirrors? You know, Moshe So, ultimately, this is the Yitzhahara thing. You know, more beautiful, more beautiful. Hashem says, no, no, no. Except, This is more beloved to me than anything else. This that you're saying is no good for me is the most, my favorite. And because shall using these mirrors, the women they um, brought, they, they they created and, and brought, gave birth to all of the Klal Yisrael. And the matter says the story. The husbands were slaves, and therefore they would come back at night, and they were spent, and they couldn't do anything, exhausted, they weren't up to anything. 
and how you so they would come bring their food and they would take their mirrors and they would beautify themselves and they would you know they would get basically they would seduce their husbands she would show, show the mirror and bring the husbands to be with them I'm more beautiful than you they brought their husbands to live with them and Miss Abros dear, they became pregnant and had their children. What's the message? What's the idea? The idea is on the one hand, a mirror will seem to be something that's you know not that spiritual, but even that can be used properly and for proper purposes and for holy purposes. And that's what the Mishkan is all about. Hashem says, This is most important for me. I don't need you to be holy when you know when, when things are when, when everything is wonderful. Using the things that are normally negative and normally have many negative different components and attributes, use that l'shem shemayim. Use that l'shem shemayim, and you'll make your home into a mishkan. That's the mishkan I want. You know, Hashem says, if I'm looking for a spiritual place, I don't need a beautiful home with the gold and silver and all the trappings. I want in this physical world, in in the material world. And to be able to use materialism and physicality and wealth and mirrors and gold and silver and copper, l'shem shemayim. So therefore, if you're going to tell me something that's normally used negatively, but that's being used positively, says Hashem, that's chaviv alignment hakol, that's more beloved to me than anything else in the Mishkan. And of course, Moshe Rabbeinu accepts them, and that becomes the kior, which as we see, is the opener for the avoda of the coin every day. So I want, I want to conclude with a quick and beautiful story, um, a Hasidic story about this. And um, I wasn't sure we'd have time for it, but I want to say it. And that is the altar of the Balatanya. Um, so he had a chassid. His name was Reb Gavriel. Now this is Reb Gavriel and his wife was, I think, Leah Chana, I think. Um, Reb Gavriel used to be a wealthy man. But then his wealth took a bad turn and people were, were slandered him. And he lost most of his wealth, or all of his wealth. But he never, he didn't tell his Rebbe about it. So he, at this point, he was pretty poor. Aside from that, he also had another problem, that he was childless. And he was married already 25 years. So Shailas, at this point, he's poor, but the rabbi doesn't know. Now, he comes to visit his rabbi in Liadi. And the rabbi says, you know, I'm collecting money for Pidyon Shvuyim. There's people who have their captives. And have to, You've always helped me in the past. I would like you to give me, and he gives him a big sum that he needs. Rabbi says, yes, rabbi. Walks out, but he knows he can't. He doesn't have the money anymore. Mm-hmm. And he goes home, and his wife sees he's down. She says, what's going on? She says, well, the Rebbe asked me for tzedakah because he needs for, for the mitzvahs, for Pidyan Shvuyim. And I can't do it. So I'm down because I, how can I turn the Rebbe down in a mitzvah? Well, I says, you always tell us, think good, be happy, don't worry about it. She went to her room. She found that she had certain um, jewelry that she mm-hmm. still had. She sold it all. Sold it all, came home to her husband, says, I have her package. It's all the money you need. Go to the Rebbe, bring it to him. Just give it to him. Tzedakah, it's a mitzvah, take it. And uh, he says, okay, there's someone going to come next week. They'll pick it up. He says, no, 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 go. It's a mitzvah. You have it. Do it. Take it. And he went. So comes the Rebbe and he puts down, uh, the Rebbe says, what? He said, I brought you this stuff. And he puts down the package. His wife gave her a package. Down the table. The Rebbe says, open it up. He opens it up. And they saw coins that were sparkling and shining. It was like the room became light from the sparkle and shine. The Rebbe looks at it. He says, what's going on? What is this? So he said, I have to tell you that really I don't have any money anymore. Nothing. But my wife went and she pawned or sold all her jewelry. And she got this money. And she gave it. She sent it to the Rebbe. So the Rebbe became very emotional. And he says, he says, you should know, in the Mishkan, there was all types of talim, all types of vessels. There's no vessel that shone like the kir. 
Mm. And that was by the the donations of the women with their hislavos, with their excitement to do a mitzvah that shone and outshone any other keli in the Mishkan. The Rebbe says, any gzeris that are against you and your family are, are finished. He says, Hashem should give you children, Hashem should give you long life, and Hashem should give you wealth. Sell your little store, start dealing with diamonds and rubies, Hashem will give. He went home, and he told his wife, Baruch Hashem, we're good. And in fact, they had a child next year. After 25 years not having children, and then that few children, he lived till 110 years old. Became very wealthy, became very known. He's called Rav Gavriel Nosechim. But the interesting thing is, he asked his wife, "What was the story with those shining coins? Why were they shining?" So she said, "What do you mean? I was so excited of this mitzvah that we can do a gift even when it's difficult. When I got those coins, I polished each one. I wanted it to be beautiful for the mitzvah. I polished them till they shone, and I sent it with you." And he said, well, I think that's what got us our bracha. He says, because when they ever saw that shine, he said, that shone like the key on the Mishmikdash, and they gave us the bracha, and it changed their fortunes totally. And that's the schus of the, of the women, of their hislavos, of their desire to do a mitzvah properly, and that's the secret of the key. Yes, very nice. Very nice.